Gamery, and welcome to episode 137 of We The Gamer Cast. It publishes on iTunes and Google Play and mother-loving YouTube every Monday. Thank you for subscribing, hitting the thumbs up, and sharing and rating on iTunes and everything else that you do. You guys are amazing, and all the people supporting us at patreon.com slash makeusbetter, especially our platinum executive producer, Mr. Corey Hicks, our two gold executive producers, Sheldon Benedict and Mr. Moody, up there on that, sharing that gold, the, the, what is that thing called that the Olympians stand on? The thing? Never mind. Gentlemen, executive producers, Nick Militia for Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, David Ray, Aaron Doherty, Martini Jean, and Dude427. You guys are amazing. Thank you. This is on video. Thanks to you. We have repeating guests. Thanks to you. We are adding more people to the Make Us Better crew. Why don't we get into that, guys? Because if you're new, I'm going to get to that in a second. But for those of you who aren't new, today is March 26th. Today is Monday. I am proud to announce that Nintendo Nostalgia is joining us. Joining the Make Us Better crew, we are all equals. This is a beautiful thing that's coming together here, guys, and I hope that you like it. I was, I, to be honest with you, I was a little concerned for a second there. For a little moment, I was like, I don't know if people want this. But I think, I think it's starting to connect a little bit. We are all equal partners in this Make Us Better crew. It is absolutely incredible. You guys are helping so much amazing content. You are allowing independent creators to follow their dreams and actually, like, Make their content better. I know, uh, I don't want to speak too much on behalf of the Nintendo Nostalgia guys, but they've told me that they've been wanting to get better gear for a long time, and this is going to let them do that. So thank you guys for continuing to support patreon.com slash make us better. You are continuing to support a larger and larger group of us, and, um, we are, we're growing. Every single month we are growing. Last month we added, uh, uh, Mark Carabin from the Warp Whistle, now we've got Nintendo Nostalgia. Got a pretty good Nintendo voice on make us better so that's great if you haven't already joined the discord the link is in the notes so that is great but if you're new here's the deal every week i have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about video games and if you want to be part of the show just tweet at me it's sean capri sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants i'm trying to be like excited but also like not trying to be excited. i am excited but i'm also like trying to like measure because lincoln is sleeping so like i don't think i'm being too loud but i, I hope this is okay I think this is all right. Guys, last week, two amazing shows that you got. Uh, the bonus episode, Patreon-powered, was Lucas Rose. I hope you enjoyed that one. I didn't know what to expect, but I think what we got was an amazing one. So if you guys see, like, bonus, I don't know, is it just me? Sometimes you see bonus and sounds optional. Not optional. That one is a must-listen. You must listen to the Lucas Rose one, as well as Alexandra Dahlberg from Zoint Games. Um, the thing is, I, I have, like, three amazing women lined up right in a row but they're going to be split up by white guys <laughs> from Fluxapose. this bonus episode is kind of like ruining that little mojo that we've got kind of like a dedicated space to uh to amazing women in gaming uh the prime episodes are women so we've got alex last week we've got uh, janet this week and hopefully things work out i don't even want to say just in case things don't work uh, but an amazing woman in gaming uh, coming for you guys next week. So that's great. I want to give a quick high five and shout out and a big old hug, actually, to Sheldon Benedict and his family, man. I got to meet Sheldon Benedict at West Edmonton Mall. It was incredible. We went to a place called the Rec Room. We had a couple beers. We ate a giant pizza to ourselves. And then we just kind of like wandered around the arcade, took a picture in front of the big giant Pac-Man arcade thing. There's like this huge LED screen. And of course, we had to take a picture for for Jams Gams. Who apparently his rap name is Lil Pack, so, or Lil, Lil Pack? Lil, Lil, there's no T, Lil Pack. James, you are hilarious, dude. Uh, so high five, uh, to Sheldon. That was, that was great, man. 
who comes to Edmonton, first of all? Like, that, I'm like, we gotta make this work. Um, I, I, uh, hmm. there's not really like a really great way to transition to this. You're gonna notice in the episode, and I wanna get to it really quickly with, uh, with Janet. By the way, she is like on a thousand miles per hour. I also believe that she's gonna be on the Bad Bit Show. Um, so we'll be, we'll be having all of the links, uh, at the end of the week at patreon.com slash make us better. That's another kind of perk is that you get that, that notification of all the things that, that you made possible through Make Us Better. Um, very, very sad news. My very good friend, um, his name is Faisal Sharif. He unfortunately passed away after, gosh, probably 10, 12, seems like forever years of, um, facing cancer. And I've known him since 2009. And this was the kind of guy who, uh, the day that I met him, I was actually, I met him for a photo shoot. I went to go take some pictures of, of him on a golf course because his family was supporting a golf tournament. And, uh, we just kind of were hanging out and I thought, well, I'm going to show up for work. I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to take some pictures and then that'll be at the end of it. And it was the start of a friendship that lasted, that will be, that will last forever. Um, but unfortunately I will never be able to take pictures of him again, um, he invited me into his house the day that I met him. We did our pictures and he's like, why don't you come on over? We'll, we'll sit and have a drink. And I was like, this is not what I was expecting. And that was, that was Faisal. And I don't want this to be sad because he wasn't like that. He was never a pity party, even though he was dealt probably one of the toughest hands in life I've ever seen. The, when I met him, he had lost his leg. Shortly after that, he had, he called it an Iron Man plate in his chest. I, I'm not even sure exactly what it was doing, but it was, I don't know, man. He had, Gosh, he had cancer all the time. Um, so he had this metal plate that he made himself, he, he called himself Iron Man. And then it just, in the last couple of years, it just kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And, and there was a moment when I'm like, cause like when you first, when you meet him, when you talk to him, you don't think that this is, that he's, that he's facing what he's facing and that what, that he, it never seemed like he was, he never seemed like he was dying. Even in the end, even when I was visiting him in palliative care, he was like, I'm going to be going home. I'm going to physio and I'm going home. And he was just the strongest mind I think I've ever seen in the face of all these just, oh man, diagnosis after diagnosis. So I want to thank Faisal for that, for always giving me perspective and that you can always look at today is better than yesterday. Today is just a better day, stronger day. Every day is a good day are the things he said. He always had these uh, these amazing mantras that he would repeat over and over. And as I got to know him, he would let me know that that it was a big part of his meditation, that it was mind over matter for him. So I wanted to dedicate some time to Faisal. His funeral was yesterday. That's why I had to jet out of um, our conversation here. I think we've got a really good conversation with Janet. But right at the end, I'm like, we could go for another three hours and I absolutely have to leave. Uh, there was a good, gosh, I don't even know how to count that a group. That large, a few hundred people at this funeral. Um, absolutely amazing uh, Muslim ceremony. Guys, this is to see the community come together. I've never seen anything like it. I've also never sat for two and a half hours with my legs crossed. So that was another experience. But the whole community surrounding this family in this time was, it was beautiful. It was a, yesterday was a heavy day, man. It was very difficult. I know a couple of people are like, let's play games. And I'm like, this was a really hard day. Um, I'm still kind of, still kind of dealing, to be honest with you. I don't know, I don't know how long that, that kind of thing takes. I just, uh, I feel so horrible for his, for his family. 
Anyway, I decided I was going to make this sad. He said, "Every live every day to the fullest. Every day is a great day. So that's what today is. It's an amazing day. We're welcoming Nintendo nostalgia. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. Let Faisal's message just into your life, even just for this moment. Have a good smile. Lift your head up. Have an amazing day. Listen to this great episode with Janet Garcia. She is at Game Onesis. It's Game, G-A-M-E-O-N-Y-S-U-S. She'll explain that as we get into it right here with Janet Garcia. I mean, the only thing that's been hard is like the yo. I have the same mug, and I was thinking of drinking from it to oh, be no, more like. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me get it. Let me no be like problem. super extra. I love it. Okay. Oh my god, I would totally drink out of it, but it's actually kind of gross on the inside. We so can just I'll cheers. just wait. It's kind of like right like, up yeah. to the webcam. Right? That's nice. Yeah. I like it. That's crazy. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, my, my yeah. wife knows I'm a giant nerd. Well, she's a giant nerd as well. So she, like, I'm like, I like, I just like giant coffee mugs. So I, we've, we started to weed out like the small, like this is, I need it like a gallon, I think. So this is about as good as I get a barrel of coffee for, for my yeah, breakfast. Like I need to wash it. Cause, but you can't dishwash it. So that's why I keep it in my room. Cause like if I leave it in the kitchen area, it'll end up in the washer mm-hmm. and then, you know, it'll get ruined. Um, yeah, I'm just drinking out of the Snoopy Joe Cool mug. Oh, instead. that is the coolest. Um, yeah, I like this one. It's also, see, I can do this. This is like the biggest mug I can do because mm-hmm. what I don't like, and this happens a lot. I don't know how often you like kind of semi shop for like gamer mugs <laughs> or like weird mugs, right? Yeah. Like sometimes they're too big. They're like mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than this. And it's literally like you can pour four cups of coffee in there and it's like halfway full. I'm uh-huh. like, what am I going to, what is this for? <laughs> It takes Who's you half an hour just to like unload like this jug of coffee into your into your mug. The yeah, other thing too so that I don't is like the, is when they're giant, like the they're blocks. Like this is all cup. Like the whole purpose yeah, like of this with, whole like, shape. Square? Yeah. So, like do you want to drink out of a question block? No, I don't. No, it looks <laughs> no cool. one does. I think everybody who has that one, everybody knows what we're talking about. By the way, this is the show, basically. Like there's no <laughs> intro or anything. Like this no, is I'm this ready. is basically it. So it. you you are awesome. Uh <laughs> nobody everybody who buys that, that mug, they don't like it. They hate it. They don't. They it, it takes up space in their cupboard. It doesn't fit in the dishwasher. It like doesn't really square up to your face properly. I don't know anybody with like a face that's ready to accept a square mug. Yeah, really or work. like the weird. Um, and these are always like the GameStop mugs, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the high like the the Zelda shield, like the Hyrule shield yeah. mug, where oh, it's literally it's like the shape of a point. shield. Yeah, it's gonna like poke you. Yeah, and they try to like make it. They, it's just it's just bad. Some stuff doesn't work. Janet, and we try is- to. This is my mojo right now. Like, let's, we could just talk about gaming coffee mugs for the next like forty-five minutes, and I'm ready I'm to go. Totally good. I actually am impressed. Speaking of like sort of collectibles, I'm very impressed with your shelf. We both have like we both have nice backgrounds of of just junk, yeah, and but it's too. amazing. Where what what's your like prized possessions back there? Because I see some um, cereal. Yeah, I actually did. I did a, a video not too long ago on my channel, the three nerdiest things in my room, and I'm doing a room tour on my channel soon to celebrate getting uh, 200 plus subs. So yay! Um, so I'll do a more in depth thing on that later. But for just off the top of my head, stuff I really like on there. Um, let's see. Hmm. 
I don't know. I got a lot of cool stuff. We're Let's very see. I guess... Nintendo, just for anybody it's... only listening to the show. It is very Nintendo, yeah. and I was reflecting on that. It's actually something I want to work on about myself as like a game <laughs> Like a game person, like someone that covers games, talks about games, writes about games. Yeah. So much is Nintendo, but like it's Switch season and I can't help it. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing like all the hot stuff's coming from Nintendo right now, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, I realized because I love so many other franchises, but Nintendo is just so good at their marketing and having things that you can actually put on a shelf like Amiibo, plushies, like everything. Mm-hmm. Like I do have like a uh, Yarny from Unravel on this corner oh, and I have back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have a couple little one-off things like that, but like, like my fi- one of my favorite series ever is like Jack and Daxter franchise, oh. and you can't find any. Like, I googled like, can I find some merch for that? Because I want to be it to more represent all the stuff I like. And no, you just can't find anything. Like, there, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. There's like a, you know, a fifty-dollar knit that someone made on Etsy that I will eventually buy <laughs> just to have something. But um, I love that you not- know about that. Like, you're not even making that up. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's like 30 or 50 bucks. They're adorable, and I'm going to buy those because I need something on here. Um, That makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) But most parts of possession, I don't know. I don't have anything, like, too rare or or super interesting. I really like – I have some Japanese Pokemon cards of the starters from the – I want to say, like, second gen, I think. You know, where, like, Cyndaquil, like, that whole – I don't know if that's second or third gen Pokemon – so that's pretty cool. And I have um, a couple of like, you can't really see them from this angle. I guess if I, not that a lot of people are going to be doing Still video stuff, walk but around the room. up on this high part, I oh, have like Funkos. a few pops. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I only have like the, um, my theme is going to be badass women. So I'm going to stick to that theme so far. So I have like, I love it. Um, I have like the girl from what game is was that it? Sailor it was, Moon up there? Yeah. Sailor Moon's there. It's Sailor Moon. Sadness from Inside Out. Um, <laughs> who else is up there? Um, oh, uh, Shell from Portal. Yeah. Um, Alana from the Saga comic book series. Nice. And um, I forgot the name of this character. I'm blanking on the name of the game. It was a game that was actually a GameStop exclusive video game. And it was about the girl with the submarine and she went underwater. Yeah, Into the Deep, was it? Yes. I mix the... that one up with that other one that's sort of like Flower Journey. Abzu? Yeah, I, I always mix no, those two it's up. Not Abzu. It's Into the, the Deep, deep. I, ha- I got things from... Into the Deep? That sounds like a, a Pixar film, but right? it might be called Into the Deep. I definitely have it on Steam. Who knows? I don't know what Somebody, it's called, but it's, it's I don't know why I'm loading like up Steam. Good. It's funner to be um, wrong. Yeah, if you didn't buy that, uh, you guys should buy that because it's actually pretty fun and it's really cheap. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't sell super well because it's like a GameStop exclusive. You know, I don't you think that's also- why? Oh, because it was an exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you know, I shouldn't say that because I don't know what the numbers are on it. But my impression was that it didn't sell well because I see it like marked really cheap at GameStop. That's when so, I bought it. yeah. So mm-hmm. I assume it's kind of, you know, not that popular of a title. I was wondering, I was going to jump in on that to say, like, do you think it was because it was related to GameStop? Like, do people kind of have just, like, that love-hate relationship? Like, I hate you! I'm just going to come in and buy all my stuff from there, too. But, and all my, my Funkos and all my toys. But, man, this place is stupid and sucks. Yeah, I can't, I, we should, we can do a whole show. And if I, you know, I'd love to come back even though I just got here. But, um, (laughs) the GameStop hatred is, like, I have so many feelings towards people that, gamers that hate GameStop, like, I cannot stand it. Let's get into it, man. Let's do it. Why? (laughs) Because I, I agree. Because I agree. It's um, it, it's um, it's unnecessary. I feel uh-huh. like I mean I have things that I dislike too. I guess so. I'm not. I'm trying to like you know, play both ends of the spectrum here. Like sure. But usually, for the most part, when people are talking smack about GameStop, what they're really basing that on is usually like random propaganda from the internet. They're like, mm-hmm. I heard GameStop. 
you know, won't sell you a new game to push used games and the used game agenda. And one time I had a friend whose cousin, the manager, <laughs> would, like, take the games for themselves. And, you know, if they get Amiibo, you know, the workers have first dibs. That's so unethical. First of all, they're making, like, minimum wage or, like, like, like re- yeah, I'm sorry. They're going to get that Pikachu case before you. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? If you want that stuff, you want those perks, work in retail. But you don't want to work in retail because retail sucks to work mm-hmm. in. So. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, get a friend from GameStop then. <laughs> like, but that's also, how it works. Like, I, yeah. I, on the other side, reality. that's not every case. Like, I think you bring up a good point where it's like, this is my cousin's friend's neighbor's brother's former roommate who, who works at the GameStop. Like, I've, I'm very good friends with it in Canada TV games still. Mm-hmm. Um, and they complain all the time that that's not the case, that they get, like, they get nothing. So it, I mean, it, it all, it all depends. But yeah. and if you get if you just stop hating on GameStop a little bit, you do get friends who tell you, "Hey, this giant guardian amiibo for Breath of the Wild Zelda is is in, and I can put a sticker with your name on it." Which that's amazing. Become friends with GameStop. Don't hate with people. Exactly. At GameStop. And then yeah, what is the oh the other thing people complain about is like uh, not getting enough uh, money for trade-ins. Um, okay, so then sell your. <laughs> can I swear on this podcast? Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sell your shit on eBay then. Yeah. Sell your shit on Facebook Marketplace. Yep, shit's not even the worst thing do, you could have said. Do I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Like, and, you know, there's options. Like, no one's making you. The other thing yes. too that I hate about that is it's actually like very much not true. And I will admit that, like, I guess if we want to talk about bias, like, I did actually work at GameStop for a few months, mm-hmm. um, like, a, like not too long ago, actually. Um, but I mean, I I worked there. It wasn't exactly like a glamorous experience. I don't even think that really colors my bias too much because I mean, it's a retail job. It was mm-hmm. fine. I liked it all right. Um, do you want to talk about even the difference between like bias and, and experience or like, cause I think people stretch the word. First of all, most people don't know how to use bias versus bias. (laughs) So just don't even go there. But then, yeah, like like, you have experience, which gives you different context to provide an opinion, which is totally different than bias. Bias is like a force that like makes you think something. Sort of. I think I like to think of bias as like. Yeah, I like yeah, I like to think of biases as that like a predisposition or like anything that uh, could potentially color your ability to be objective. Um, and I guess in the case of war- having worked at GameStop, I think the bias actually works to your benefit. If we're thinking of credibility of source, it's like, well, I guess my bias is that I worked there previously. But if anything, I would say that just kind of adds to my ability to give insight into working there, into what exactly. the policies actually Which are. Which is why I don't think so, it's a bias. Yeah, well, I'm, so I'm trying to give you credit here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think it, it could be a mix because, like, for instance, I had a pretty positive time working there, and mm-hmm. that's a positive bias. Um, I'm sure there could be people mm-hmm. that work for janky year managers that would have a negative bias of just having a ne- negative experience having been an employee. So I think that um, it could go either way. I just kind of like to bring it out just so that people... Full disclosure. Yeah, people know um, just to have that information. Um but yeah, so like the other thing too is it's so not true because like I've gotten so many amazing trading deals like via yes. GameStop. Like I actually love GameStop and I've loved them even before I started working there. Um, and I still like, you know, like that store because if you know how to take advantage of this stuff, you can get really good deals. Like, yes, um, Master of Disguise Wario 3DS is going for $2 right now. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to trade it in even though I don't want the game what anymore. What a random pick. I looked because I looked it up recently because I'm like, can I get some money off some? I already trade in most. The only things I trade in personally are games that I literally don't want. Like I didn't like it. I won't play it again. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want it. Like take it because I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Um, How can you? Be so, so like sure, that's a game. Janet. Ooh. <laughs> 
so yeah that that's a game that i'm like you know it's whatever but um you know conversely i can get i think like 20 or 25 bucks off of doom for switch right now which is a game that i also don't personally really want because i have it for xbox one i don't want it on my switch and Mm -hmm. i kind of was just keeping it for the culture of like switch ports but i'm like you know what i'd rather have the money so yeah so depending on so no no one wants your copy of madden 2003 that's why you're not getting any money off of it (laughs) The reason they sell it for more than they give you is because it's a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um, and if you know, if yes, anybody so who's, many. like, hating on GameStop, you must know that there are deals. Like, there are times where, like, this actually makes a lot of sense to to trade up. Like, consoles, I always, like, trading up. I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actually got, I'm just off to the side. Oh, no, you no, you can't see it. Um, I traded my original, like, day one Xbox One for an S and, like, got a ridiculous amount of money for it. Like there's no way it could have sold uh privately for that. And it was yeah. excellent and it's and it's easy and you walk in and you walk out but like if you don't have to trade stuff in then like you don't really get to argue with the price that they're offering you. Like I find that kind of I find that very strange. Like they're only giving you $2. Well, they're not taking it from you for $2. You're literally walking in the store going, "Let's see how much I can get for this." It's a very strange complaint to me. Yeah, it's so many la- And then I guess the last layer of it is like people complain so much about it. Like it's this big, they're like, oh, it's this evil corrupt corporation. And then they buy their games off Amazon. Like Amazon isn't the most evil company like, ever. Like they're like, oh, I hate the corporate stuff. That's why I have Amazon Prime. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like it's literally like hmm. the- you're just Tell choosing- me more because I think I think you're going to need to break through a little bit here. I don't. I, I don't think I've got like a really great argument against, but I'm interested in. T- I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever heard anybody really say Amazon is evil because everybody has a lot of love for Amazon. Yeah, and I love Amazon too. But and this isn't. I haven't really done the research into um, how corrupt or not corrupt it is as a company in terms of morality. But I think if you're, you know, if you think critically about anything, any big corporation is going to have some blood to it. That's why I'm um, not like, arguing I love against Target. it. Like it's I love Target, mm-hmm. and they do some cool community stuff. But I also know. You know, if I dig in there deep, you don't want to, you know, if you see how the meat gets made, you're going to maybe, you know, think twice about ordering the sandwich or not and just feel kind of guilty about it. So, yeah, I mean, well, if we, even if we just think of Amazon as like what it is, um, you know, you can think of angles it from a lot of ways. The, the waste it produces in terms of, you know, all the stuff it ships, like the fact that I'm, you know, you know, I'm lazy and I'll have like something really basic shipped to me, like, you know, vitamins because they're cheaper. But I also know that's taking money away from community businesses. That's extra shipping stuff. Like it's mm. it creates like this big conglomerate that has lots of layers of problems. And that's before we even start to dig into the the monopoly that is like online business infrastructure and things. But, you know, I, I feel like people look at, you know, GameStop as like the big bad wolf when really like you're going to if you're not buying it from them, you're buying from other equally large most likely equally problematic companies mm-hmm. like Amazon, like Best Buy. Um, and I've gotten games from all those places because I, you know, I, I buy physical copies and there's not really, there's not a lot of options to do like a mom and pop thing for that. And also to be frank, I am out there looking to save money like anyone else. So I do Gamers Club Unlocked for most of my purchases. Occasionally I'll do GameStop for if it's a used game or if I'm feeling just kind of lazy or they have a pre-order bonus that I'm interested in because uh, my Gamers Club Unlocked is through my brother. So it's not really mine. And I, my GameStop, my Best Buy is farther away than my mm-hmm. GameStop. Um, so, yeah. And there's and then there's also like uh, so that's that's kind of I don't they always think of like GameStop as the machine, but then. If you buy off Amazon, I feel like that's just hypocrisy. Like you're buying from another machine. But also like, it's cutthroat on both sides. So so people yeah. like calling a, a company out for doing what it can to earn your business is because we are we are smart shoppers. We are trying to get the best deals. So they're trying to do the best they can to offer best prices. So it's kind of like 
it's it's hypocrisy in that you yeah one way that you'll you'll not shop at this store but shop at, at, at this big business and and think that that's okay and it's very very similar but also we also have a role to play in the way that businesses interact with us so it's i like the way that that your brain works because you started this the 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 topic i guess uh, about amazon as I haven't done the research yet. There's more to this. There's obviously layers here, which I don't want to like, because I think you probably said about 15,000 words since then, that 30 <laughs> seconds ago. Um, I think that's really important because you're getting into uh, freelance journalism and, and the way that you explore, the way your brain works is benefit of the doubt first rather than, holy crap, there's this huge problem. And I was wondering if that's something that like, is that always been there or you've been developing that in the last couple of years as you're starting to dive into this side of video games? I, I was curious about like that mm. seems very natural for you, I guess. Um, yeah, well, I think that just kind of comes into the basis of like valuing critical thought. Um, and I mean that in the sense of like looking at something and trying to look at it from all angles that it yeah. exists from. Um, and I think that's important for, you know, being a consumer, for being a you know a human in the world and, and certainly for video games. Like when I, uh, you know, approach a game for figuring out, you know, what do what do I like? What do I not like? What um, where am I seeing value lacking? And also, where can people get value from is something I'm always thinking of for video games, especially when I'm like, going more against the grain on something, which is GameStop certainly an example. Um, I have games that I that I dislike that a lot of people like, like uh, Night in the Woods is a game I really disliked that everyone oh, loves. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I know <laughs> a lot of people listen to the show who like that game. Yeah. And so I, I spend a lot of time when I'm when you know when I'm writing pieces or or doing things on YouTube, even though YouTube is um, so much more bite sized than like my 1000 plus word articles. Mm hmm thinking of like what is the counter argument or counter perspectives that I can address and acknowledge and then still put forth my opinion so like you know with when it comes to a game like I can see why people do like night in the woods like I've you know my I teach and I have students ask me like oh oh I heard this was good and I'm like well if you like this you might like it because of xyz personally I felt you know abc about it the mm -hmm. end and you can kind of form your own opinions based on that so um so yeah I think it's always important I think if you're not acknowledging the you know, the value or on the flip side, the negative of something, you're, you know, kind of missing the point of like developing your argument and everything at the end of the day is an argument. You know, when I say I like a game, when I say I shot, when I spend where I spend my money, just anything I do is some sort of argument for it. So I think you need to look at like all the angles of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also acknowledge like um, on that, I do a lot of stuff that's like social, uh, social related to games. So I'll write like about, you know, what, um, uh, I had an article not too long ago on Nerd Much that was talking about, um, you know, Twin Tell and what she means, like, from a feminist perspective and how it's interesting that, like, she's a very objectified character, but kind of in a powerful, positive way, it seems. Like, a lot of the community was like, oh, my God, like, she has this amazing butt. Like, this is so cool. Like, she's this <laughs> badass woman of color and her, you know, her ass is amazing and she has these great pants and, mm -hmm. and, she's, and she's kind of swole and, like, people really rallied around that. And I saw someone post, like you know, why is it okay for us to say like, oh, wow, look at this, her amazing body. But, you know, isn't that what we're pushing against? And they were asking that in a very genuine way. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that, you know, as, as a gamer, as a feminist, as, you know, a person. And I wrote an article kind of breaking down what my perspective was on that and kind of the pros of cons of, of having that perspective on how women are portrayed. And like, yeah. you know, what does it mean for, you know, a woman of color to be kind of like, you know, propped up as kind of the quote unquote bad bitch of this game and mm -hmm. how that's very powerful, but also still kind of a stereotype and how we, we can enjoy it for both those reasons. Like there's so many things I enjoy that are problematic or have issues attached to it. Right. I shop at, you know, big stores. Um, 
I, I like plenty of AAA games that aren't, um, you know, maybe the most socially progressive. Even if something as simple as like, the Mario franchise, like, that's not a socially progressive game. It's not really doing anything interesting with the story. And, you know, it, it, it's very tropey, and I still love it. I still think it's a great game, but I also acknowledge that it's tropey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a lot of people in general, um, it's not just in the gaming community, but just overall, uh, have a hard time doing that. And I think it's a hard thing to learn. Um, but I like to do it because I think it's more genuine. I think it's more valid. And I also like to think that it helps people not only see my perspective, but maybe try to be more critical of their own perspectives. Because yes. I'm okay with calling myself out on stuff like one of my favorite guilty pleasures that I'm, I'm looking forward to writing about and like doing some YouTube content maybe on is um, I weirdly actually really like the cheesy, tropey like fighting games that have like the, you know, the girls in the scantily cloud outfits and the little bunny ears. And it's very like oh, tropey and kind yeah. of like, you know, super problematic. But I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just want to customize my fighter and have like this, you know, kind of like, you know, babe bimbo fighter and just have a good time playing the game even mm-hmm. though i know it's problematic and and messed up and that's not what i want in my female representation but sometimes i you know sometimes i do enjoy that and that's hang on a second say. janet no this is not allowed you are not allowed <laughs> to have opinions that are like break you're not you you must have a blanket rule for everything exactly. and i'm so glad <laughs> that you got to this point because i wanted to ask you i want to dive into this a little bit since mm-hmm. you brought it up about the the notion of the way that female characters are portrayed and there's so many angles to this. I want to take the first angle of who's allowed to say what. So I feel like there's there's like this weird thing that happens on the internet. We all do it individually huh. of saying like, you're not allowed to say that thing. And for some things, I feel like that's very real. There's There are certain words that certain people mm-hmm. absolutely cannot say. Um, but I'm, maybe in my mind, that might be the only. I think I don't even have to say anything more for people to know what I'm talking about. But for the instance of... <laughs> right. Um, for Twintel, I, in my mind, I think like, what's the difference between like Twintel and that's cool and quiet is not good in, in Metal Gear Solid. So like mm-hmm. her reason is she breathes through her skin, so she can't wear any clothes. Like, is that good <laughs> enough? Or is it like, maybe she was realistic looking enough? Like a couple of different factors that make that not cool. But for Twintel be like, yeah, I love the quote, bad bitch, where I'm like, that's a great term, first of all. I think that is very empowering, <laughs> and it's just like, holy crap, nobody's going to mess with her. But I'm also worried that we're moving in this direction where you're not even going to be allowed to say that very soon. So I wanted to kind of just first f- focus in on the whole, who's allowed to say what? Are, is Nintendo mm-hmm. allowed to get away with a little bit more because they're, like, family-friendly? Like, <laughs> even with the with the recent uh, Splatoon trailer that we saw with uh, the Octolings, and was that mm-hmm. what they were called? Yeah, like, looking kind of like... A little hippie, like not hippie in like the sixties. Like they got mm-hmm. some hips going, they got some curves, and like, hmm, are they li- like, yeah, like can Nintendo develop sexy squids? Is that the question? I guess so. Yeah, and are we like not going to if we don't give them crap <laughs> for it, then we give somebody else? Like I don't know. It's very complex. I think we should all just chill out for the most part. But I'm curious because you ended up going on to sort of like a dead or alive or like a a mm-hmm. lollipop chainsaw or whatever that game was, and like that's cool too. So. I'm glad that we're having like a balanced conversation. I uh-huh. agree that there are some things that are a little like can can trigger you a little bit. Maybe they shouldn't send you off the deep end, but you should be able to recognize that's maybe just a little far. Yeah. Um well, I guess the idea of like who has the authority to speak on what um I mean, it relates to and it, it's kind of funny cuz people always uh, not everyone, but I definitely get pushed back on people being like, why can't we just like play the game? And you can play the games. Like if you don't want to have these conversations or think about it, that's totally fine. And I, I would say I probably don't even judge you for it. I don't think either Same. just because, um, you know, I think it's fine. Like 
just, as games are so young too. I think as the medium ages, I might hold people a little bit more to a higher standard in terms of thinking more critically about games. But I think if you just want to play them and have fun, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of what I do also. Like, I think that's the other kind of funny thing about the content I produce. Most of it is pretty much um, run-of-the-mill uh, type content, like what games am I really playing on Switch right now? You know, just kind of general stuff. But then every now and then I will do more uh, critical, you know, social sociology based stuff and then people mm-hmm. are like oh you know but um who can say what i think it's um a bit about your you know once again experiences um so who who are you where do you come from uh, what how do you identify and then um you can critique anything as any person i think mm-hmm. so i think you know for myself i can be critical of a but it's harder because you don't have the experience so it requires more research and it requires you to be more upfront about the fact that you don't know everything and that you did your best and that you're doing what you can from the perspectives that you have mm-hmm. um and also i think trying to uplift uh other people writing from those perspectives so let me let me give some more clear examples so people kind of know what i'm talking about so for myself um you know i'm a woman of color I'm, I'm hispanic um and those would be kind of the main i guess like minority identities that i have um but you know i'm not in i'm not like personally queer i'm not um in the um you know, I don't have any, how would I phrase it? Like, I don't have anything else that kind of would yeah, like, fall into those no categories. disabilities or no, nothing yeah, else. Yeah, like, and I'm like, I'm like, and then even as I was about to say that, I'm like, I don't even know if that's the right word. I'd have to think about it. I know, isn't that weird? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't actually remember. Like, I have actually been learning about this because I've, I follow a lot of different people on Twitter and I try to mm-hmm. hear different things from different perspectives and I, I do a lot of retweeting of anything that I vibe with or that I think is, you know, valuable. So I'm like, is that the right word? So I'm not, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it is. Um, but right, so I don't fall into any of those categories. Right. But I can still write about those things and talk about those things. But I think I need to be especially more tactful when i do so because it's not my perspective like Mm -hmm. i don't know if um if the first life is strange is good queer representation um i and i don't think that i am necessarily pushed to write about something like that personally just because i'd have to do a lot more research and think about it and it's not something i'm directly connected to so it just Mm -hmm. kind of requires more tact on my end and if i'm speaking about it i need to be upfront about how like hey this isn't I, I did what I can with the information I got. Now I should still be held accountable if I mess up for mm-hmm. sure. But um, as a, as a writer and a journalist and a person, I need to also like own the fact that like this isn't you know I'm not the most qualified person to be speaking on this subject. And then more importantly, I need to if I were to take on a piece like that, I would need to do a lot of reading on like what is the queer community saying and talking to people in that community to figure it out. Because like who am I to say what is and isn't good queer representation as a straight person? Right. Um, and it is up to me to like educate myself and know that. Like I don't think we should only write about our own experiences directly or think about our own experiences directly because that's kind of how we end up in the situations we're even in, right? Like so much of games journalism is like cis straight white men. Like and I and I still like the media Sorry. I follow the podcast and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. But like it's like I see so many like oh hey welcome back to this week's show and it's just like a bunch of white guys and like mm-hmm. today we have a guest which is another white guy. You know it's just like. It's very much homogenous, and um, sometimes we end up missing perspectives or losing stories as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's our job to, to kind of educate ourselves on that. So that's kind of where I fall into that. Like, I think men can totally write about, like, you know, female representation and things like that and, and women. But I think more importantly, it's important for, you know, people to be reading those stories, reaching out and trying to prop those stories up, right? If you want, you know, if you're running a, you know, a podcast, a media thing or whatever, and you want to, like, address something of that sort, like 
get someone from that community to speak on it. And more importantly, get someone on that from those communities to speak about anything. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't always need to bring in like a queer writer for a queer story, like bring in queer writers for all stories. And then those things will kind of come into play. Like we need just more perspectives on things, even Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I know, I think the developer, um, the, the development team from like uncharted, I think kind of spoke on that not too long ago on like, when they were kind of crafting their female characters, like, you know, women on the team saying, well, what about this? Or what if we made this character like this or whatever? Mm-hmm. And there are things that we don't always think about because we have like, you know, our since our society is inherently like, an, you know, an unequal one that has, you know, um, that has sexism, that has racism, whatever. Some of these things are so ingrained that we don't even think about it. You know, it's like the little stuff like when you always defaulting to like male pronouns and things or just kind of, you know, or even the fact that I say like, um, for me, I always say like, Hey guys, Hey guys, I've been, th- guys. I've been literally yeah. thinking that's been on my mind all week. I'm like, I and see like, that, that all is the kind time. Of problematic of me, but for me, I, I'm, I'm cool with that layer of that. You know what I mean? There's different things that you'll, it's you a fine line from having a problem on. with like, Hey guys and mankind, like our prime minister, like what everything recently said, like people kind or person, like that's, I think we're kind of like bending over a little backwards there. Um, yeah. It just depends on your, I mean, you should still be aware of that, even if you don't vibe with the perspective or end up saying that you're going to adhere to it. You know, you should still be aware and the you shouldn't be mad that someone points it out. Um, I think that's like, – I'm glad you brought up Naughty Dog too there for a second too because um, The Last of Us is something that I did hear a comment from cis white male who, who talked about how it was interesting how when you play through The Last of Us, you have no idea that Ellie is gay until you play the DLC and then you go, oh, she's – there's something else here. And it was, it was an observation by, uh, by a straight guy who said, that's the way to do it. And I thought about it. I'm like, I think that I agree. But to your point, how much of like his experience and background and stuff allows him to say that? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of accepted that as like, maybe that is the way that, mm-hmm. that, that the queer community would want to, like, that it's not like this big. And they were, they were, uh, brought out during this giant parade and that's how you knew they were gay. Like it wasn't, right. like it wasn't a big deal. It was just part mm-hmm. of, cause you never really see most characters who are straight. You don't see like, by the way, this person is straight or you don't go, to, go out of their way to have a relationship with a, For sure. like op- with the opposite sex to demonstrate that person is straight. And it was the same with, so I think it normalizes it, which is why I appreciated that point. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it's just interesting to hear that from, I guess maybe it's just because that's all I listen to. And that's all that's out there to, to further your point. In <laughs> yeah, Canada, but- we're also voting on on uh, legalizing marijuana, and they had the whole nice. the, the whole argument was televised, and everybody was watching it. But everybody's live tweeting it. Everybody's like, "How are we leaving this decision up to this group of white old white men who have no like very likely have no experience with marijuana? They don't actually know what they're talking about. Like they they're it's based on um, totally." Um, well, biased sort of reports that try mm-hmm. to like they're they're trying to get an argument one way or another. They're pushing an agenda. So I was th- as you were saying, like getting more perspective from different types of people. I thought of those types of things where you have. Yeah, you have a group like who's the decision makers? And it doesn't take much to just sway that a little bit. And because mm-hmm. I think people making the games, making the decisions, they're smart people, but they can only speak from their own experience. And it's yeah. not like it's not a knock on. It's just like that. You can't. 
can't do anything but speak to your experience. Yeah, and I, th- I think the other thing that's so fascinating too is like all these things are so layered, and and that's, that's why I think they're important conversations to have, and also interesting conversations to have. Um, like what good representation looks like for any community is going to uh, vary, even within that community. Like what I think good. What I want in Latina representation might not be what other Mexican people or Puerto Rican Wait, people want. Wait, you're not going to speak for them all? Yeah, exactly. Come right. on, I might have come to. On. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> too, that's like that you um and you know I I don't I don't let that color too much of what I do, but it is in it's kind of insane how like um you know I might be you know I might be the only person of color that some like some of my like followers and fans like I might be the only like POC voice they have or female mm-hmm. voice they have and. You know, I shouldn't change how I do things based on that. But I mean, that is a weight that we carry. Uh, and that's just kind of that's how the world is. They can't there's mm-hmm. not anything that can be done about it until like way in the future when like everything's magic again or, or right. something or magic yeah, exactly. all of a sudden. Yeah, Keza McDonald was just tweeting about that, about mm-hmm. women writers and who's saying, like, you don't always have to write about being a woman. Like, you can write about, like, the, like, what everybody else is, is exactly. talking about. Like, be part of the conversation. But the fact that you're bringing different life experience with you is going to make your voice unique. And I think that's yeah. it's finding out, like, where overcompensating, it gets a little gross and it gets a little, like, uninteresting almost because that becomes too normal. Where if you just become part of the conversation, but you're coming at it from this angle, it's like, oh, I haven't heard this before. How many of us listen to 15 different podcasts all saying the same? Like there's a, there's a reason this show is what it is, is because I didn't want to do something where I'm like, I'm talking, I'm, I'm basically regurgitating like the same opinions about the same like news stories as, as everybody else. It's hard to really have like a different take because we're all coming from very similar backgrounds or just the fact that the news is the same. Are you saying so, that you're not also amazed by the first three hours of the new God of War? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, or um, yeah. The uh, what's what's your take on the uh, on the Infinity War trailer? Like, I don't know. Like, I think not to knock that because I'm hyped yeah. about all of that stuff. I am totally, totally stoked about. It. And I'm a Xbox primary, but I, my PlayStation is a is my exclusive machine, which is great because there's so many exclusives on that thing where it actually justifies that purchase. But that's a whole other conversation yeah. of, of fan. My PlayStation is my dust collector. Sorry, guys. Oh, snap. Because of, because of Nintendo? I don't know. Um, I mean, this is a whole other podcast. And actually, something I want to do on YouTube probably at some point. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. but uh, Did you snag your Sony... custom URL, by the way, now that you're 200? Did you get Janet Garcia? YouTube.com oh, slash. Oh, yeah. Or... Uh, well, it's YouTube.com backslash GameOnesis. GameOnesis. Game on I love that. Y-S-U-S, um, mm-hmm. which I have that name branded for everything. Um, but it is There's hard. Cool it's not an easy it thing to say. It's not an easy word to say. No one can read it and know how to say it. But once which you is get not it, good branding, but it's, it's okay. locked in. Game Onesis. Tell people what it means because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Or so where that uh, comes from? There's a game Onesis. It's like a blend of uh, gaming and Dionysus or Dionysus, depending on how you want to pronounce that. I pronounce it Dionysus. So, um, I you know I like mythology and you know I'm a nerd, so I kind of blend those two together <laughs> to make a name. Um, and I also want to think of a name that was like unique. Um, but also felt like representative of myself. And I also love, you know, craft beer and drinking. So I thought it'd be funny to blend those two. Like, oh, I love games and drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, let's blend it with some Greek mythology or some, you know, mythology and then kind of come up with Game Onesis. And as I've kind of been thinking more about that name, kind of my mission statement is that, you know, it's kind of 
I kind of mean it to mean the god of gaming, which isn't to say that I am like the best gamer in the world because I don't think I'm even anywhere close. Jen, uh, I've been podcasting with a guy who calls himself the Nintendo guru for years, so don't worry, I get it. Like <laughs> for sure, but it's not like in terms of you know my my skill as a gamer, but rather it's this idea that like you know becoming a god of something is to like be you know all knowing, masterful, mm-hmm. and also kind of create a universe. And for me, um, I want like my gaming understanding experiences and what I the content I make to be its own universe and to be you know positive and and deep and just looking at things from a lot of different angles um so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what the the mission statement of the name is and i'm my thinking is that yeah it is kind of hard to say if you just read it but a lot of people's name is hard to say if you just read it on especially in the youtube and gaming space so i'm hoping that people will just figure it out uh why is sean's pronounced sean if they're like well (laughs) there's no h in there like what, what i'm like i don't know how to explain this man it just it is what it is it's 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 tough Right. Um, Once I get popular enough, I'm hoping people will just fall into line. But we'll see exactly, yeah. I don't want to change it. it. I'm like, it's already branded everywhere. I'm just gonna roll with game on. This is is awesome, and it is. It's one of those like, but it also forces you to kind of look at it longer than a second, and then that's really where you got them. So that's it's it's kind of a nice okay. tactic. Well, uh, Lagunitas is hard to say the the beer company, and no one still knows how to say it. They put the name pronunciation on all the cans, and I still would mess it up for years. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it almost becomes it's kind of like Faye. Like they they uh, from joint games. They oh my just god! Really, yeah, I just yeah, I just heard that episode. Yeah, um, yeah. So they were kind of like, mm, this is this is a it becomes a game in and of itself. The meta is pronouncing is pronouncing the name. Yeah. Uh, Janet, I think that I I need to go reach out not only for I think first of all I need to find more teachers to be on this show because I think <laughs> teachers are like some of my favorite guests. Luke Lore is one that comes to mind, one mm-hmm. of my all time favorite uh, guests, and I wanted to ask you because. You're very early in your career in all sense of the word of being a teacher and in doing this. How long have you been teaching? Um, and then like, what was that path? Why, why are you a teacher? Yeah. So, um, only not I've that only you shouldn't be, be that. That no. sounded weird. That tone was a little strange, but I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> no, like, you're good. Why? Um, yeah, I moved into the ed space, you know, a few years ago it was the first time I kind of had it in terms of a job. So, um, I guess the path that I've kind of taken career wise, I guess I just go through that and kind of toss in where gaming fits in. So, yeah. um, when I was like, I guess, I guess I'll zoom all the way back, but also try to make it kind of brief. So as a kid, um, like I, I always loved games and I, you know, read like EGM magazine, a couple other magazines. Um, and when I was a kid, I was like, wow, I really like video games. I wonder if I could do something with that for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, like was kind of my childhood. And, I was like, um, maybe I could make games. Like, it's kind of, I think, one of the first oh, things okay. kids think. Like, oh, I can make these games. It'd be cool, right? I like games. I can mm-hmm. make the games. Like, you know, no no understanding of what that actually means. And then mm-hmm. I read this article, and I think it was an EGM, that changed my whole life. And it was about the life of a game developer. And they had, like, this art drawn, like, this cartoon of this guy. All, of course, it was a guy, right? Of this guy all disheveled. Mm-hmm. And in front of his computer, and there's all this stuff stacked, and they put up all these infographics on the amount of hours it takes, oh, and how this yeah. guy's miserable and poor, and he doesn't see his family, and he hasn't showered in forever, and I'm like, wow, that's way <laughs> too much work, I'm not going to do this. And that article totally like changed my perspective on what I would do with my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, never mind, I can't do games, dev, that's too hard. Of course, when I grew up, I realized everything is actually hard and that you can kind of do whatever you want. But if oh it well. wasn't for that article, we'd have VR five years ago because not everybody would have quit uh, their their path of game development. We would have had more people in. It's kind of like concussions in football right now. Nobody's going to play football and the NFL is going to fold in 15 years for sure. because everybody's worried about that. Um, so that's good. You kind of got warded <laughs> off and you were smart enough to like see that and go like, I don't want yeah. that. And I did try doing, um, when I was figuring out what I wanted to do for a career in high school, I kind of was like, oh, I don't know, 
you know, making money would be cool. So maybe I could do something in computer science. That's pretty popular. So I tried, mm-hmm. I took a comp sci class in high school, but it was like not a good class because it was literally an online only comp sci class, which is like so not a good way to learn computer science from sure. a machine. Like the machine yeah. will teach me how to use the machine. So I, oh. I liked coding a little bit. I did some super light stuff and I forgot what language. This is in high school? Yeah. See, this is the difference between you and me. Like my <laughs> high school is not like this at all. Like we're, st- I mean, the fact that there's a good 10 years between us. So that's one thing. But right. ComSci in like that was university courses. Like that was that was well after. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that that's being introduced much earlier now, that's the difference between our generations. Really. Yeah. And I did go to a really good high school. I, you know, I'm from Chicago for those who don't know. So I yep. through CPS, public school, but I went to a like, Roman school and those are like our good high schools because like there's definitely a lot of, you know, CPS stuff that is not of quality or of equal service to students but i went to actually right. a really good school um so that's the other thing that i, I had going for me so I, I did some stuff but once you got to java didn't understand what was going on hated everything mm-hmm. and i was like never mind this isn't going to be what i want to major in for sure um but i've always liked writing and i had this amazing english teacher so i thought okay well you know at first i was going to go into journalism but that kind of didn't really pan out because the school i decided to go to doesn't have a journalism focused program so i figured my kind of theory going into freshman year was okay I'm gonna maybe do I'm gonna study like uh, English and education and you know go into being an English teacher but I can also like still be you know I can use the English degree for writing as well so mm-hmm. we'll kind of just move it in those spaces is English your first language by the way I hope that's okay to ask like what what yeah. languages are you like do you speak are you bilingual multilingual like what's, what's just, the what was home English, it, just, just English, English? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know a little bit of Spanish just from picking it up. And my dad actually, uh, you know, he's Mexican. He immigrated here in the 80s. Um, yeah. But they, uh, my parents chose not to teach me Spanish growing up because they were worried it would mess up my English, uh, which mm-hmm. is not true. Oh, it's not wow. how language works. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, is, yeah. it is something that a lot of um, parents, unfortunately, do get told mm-hmm. by either, you know, the media or by actual teachers or instructors who, like, look, you know, maybe don't fully I mean understanding the nuances of language and reading is so so complicated and like shout out to anyone doing elementary ed because I could never I could never ever ever right? it's so complicated teaching um, somebody to read for the first time yeah I don't know how to I can't teach you to read. I mean I can barely even sometimes I feel like I can't even teach what I'm teaching now because it's it's so complicated to me mm-hmm. like English and writing like how do I teach you to write well did your I'm sorry to jump back a little bit did your yeah. dad uh immigrate all of you go from Mexico all the way to Chicago or what was his what was his yeah. journey yeah Holy so crap. I mean he's he's a big uh, a big family so um he his siblings like immigrated here first and then he kind of got like the setup to come into the United States and then his mm-hmm. first year here um they put him up they like kept it, you know he had the apartment so the only thing they had him do like he didn't even have to work his first year mm-hmm. they're like just learn English spend the first year learning English and that's what he did How old so his English then, do you know? is amazing um he was in his early 20s can you um, imagine no, and it was, I don't know how he, it's crazy. Um, right, like, many of us, I, I do this all the time. Oh, about, I'm so spoiled, like, like, I'm in America, like, I can't even get my YouTube videos up, like, come on, like, I gotta get together, like, <laughs> this like, is not even that hard. border, holy crap, I, yeah, the things that, that our parents did to, like, allow us to, like, do this is, it, it blows my mind, I, I am grateful, all that, you have to be, every once in a while, you just gotta go, like, thank goodness for this, because, yeah. or for, for them, for doing that. And then, you you know, we, I think it's just as we, as we live longer and as we are allowed to do these things, there's, there's time to pay back. Oh yeah, but, for sure. Um, and you know, and I think that's kind of already part of a thing now. Cause I, you know, I, I actually, I live with my family actually. So we're all kind mm-hmm. of in this together as a team. Um, anyway, so, right. So I, um, you know, kept going through that, you know, jumping back in. So I, I did Ed and I was really, really mm-hmm. passionate about Ed and it was the, the main thing I cared about, um, 
completely. I, I did play video games in college, but it wasn't really like I wasn't all thinking of going into games content creation as a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept doing my Ed stuff. I actually, you know, I had a blog in college uh, called College in the Cornfield that's still up. And I would document like writing about Ed and like I was really, really passionate about education. You know, mm-hmm. not that I'm totally not now, but like that was my my thing. That was what I did. Um, and then um, during my student teaching, which was, you know, not too long ago, a few years ago, um, I just for some reason, I can't even remember why I decided to do this, but I was kind of just looking on the Internet at, you know, for those people that are going into the industry, you guys all know games, journalism, jobs dot com or whatever that website mm-hmm. is. So I just like jumped on there for some reason. I can't remember what compelled me to do this, but well, I had written a blog related to video games and what they taught me just on my personal blog. And I was like, huh, I don't know. I kind of like writing about games. And I I. I got um, set up with a job with Game Mob, which I think the website still exists, but I'm not sure if they're active because I haven't seen them post anything in a while. But that was like the first games journalism job I had, and I really just did it for the hell of it. I'm like, this it seems like it'd be cool to do this. Like, mm-hmm. let let me do this for fun. And um, it didn't really pay. It was basically volunteered. But um, the like lead editor uh, John, I think his last name's Kim. Um, he did give What's me up, a little Kim? bit of money, like you know, like one or two times just like for the culture of it. Like, oh, here's yep. 20, 30 bucks in PayPal. Just like shout out to you for writing for us for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. And right. then I um, and that was like I, one of the biggest moments. And that there's what I love so much about this career that I'm like moving into is that there's so many amazing little moments that mm-hmm. feel like the biggest deal in the world, even though, you know, it isn't like anything compared to like the big leagues. But yep. like the first time I got a code and I'm like, I download this game for free. I mean, I was like a two dollar game, right? Who mm-hmm. cares? But like. Or the first time I got a game before it was released was the Tomb Raider iOS game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I played a was game. Was it Lara Croft Go? Yeah, Lara Croft Go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that before it was out in the world, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I still do think that's the coolest thing in the world. It like, is I'm the coolest playing this thing game, in the world. and no one else is playing it. And like it was, so, and then and it was crazy. It's still crazy for me to experience this because once again, I don't think I'm like the greatest gamer in the world. And when you are stuck, there's yep. no guide. Nothing's out yet, and you're screwed, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Um, so, so I, I did that. That was one of the last pieces I wrote for them. Um, cause then I moved into writing for big cultures, which, um, it was also like generally unpaid, but they do give bonuses. So like you'd have like employee of the month stipend, like just, and they, it had paid a, a good amount more than game Mob did, which was basically nothing, you know? So it mm-hmm. was a little bit higher than nothing. So I started writing for them, um, moved out of game Mob just for sake of time. And then somewhere in that midst, um, I, you know, I got a YouTube channel with my friend Jess called, um, Bit by bit, and I'm just like, oh, it'd be fun to. I wanted to do get some practice on YouTube and build bit up my resume. Bit. You guys got bit by bit. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a yeah. great YouTube.com backslash bit by bit. It still exists and it's awesome. Check out the backlog. We did amazing content that almost no one watched, but it was like some of the best work ever. <laughs> like literally, because it's really, Isn't it was really, really crushing? niche. You're like, man, well, we really should have just made specific. like a top, like the the top seven things you didn't know about X, and like that would have got a hundred thousand views. But we put in like this really th- thoughtful and well crafted video, and nobody. nobody yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons that I think that channel wasn't super like popular because it did run for about a year, but um, and I did it as practice for like getting more YouTube stuff up. So during this mm-hmm. point in my career, you know, I'm still moving into teaching, but part of me is like. Maybe I could do game stuff eventually. Maybe mm-hmm. I could actually make that my career, but it was very much on the back burner for me still, you know, going into senior year of college. Um, 
anyway, so I was working on this project um, and kind of why that I think that channel wasn't super popular, I think, is because a lot of reasons. One, our, our, it was more like a podcast that was also a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So and those are never as popular on YouTube because they're longer. Um, like even the big names, right? If we think of like, um, you know, IGN, NBC, like they don't have nearly as many subscribers as you think they would have just because mm-hmm. it's, it's a podcast. Like it's just not as popular for YouTube content. Um, and then it was uh, me and my friend Jess and we're both women, which is kind of one thing I wanted to do. I'm like, you know, there's so many you know, just men doing video game podcasts. Like, what if we were just women, like two women, like not one guy and one girl, just two women, like, you know, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's another reason that we maybe weren't as popular, not because people are like inherently sexist, but I think that, well, I mean, a little bit, right? Like, I think one thing that kind of, when you see two women and it's a podcast, you might kind of think that it's um, just kind of more of a, you know, more like for women. And like, I think, you know, that might, kind of be uh, one reason one reason it wasn't quite as popular. Um, the one thing I was really proud of is the demographic of our viewership was about 50-50 men and women, which was super cool and really rare. Like on my current YouTube channel, it's mainly all men viewing me. Like I don't have yeah. a lot of women. And that's something that I'm thinking about moving forward. Like how can I get more women to view my content? Because mm-hmm. um, for me, that's that's like always where the responsibility lies. Like if women aren't reading or viewing your stuff, there's something about you that isn't, you know, that isn't drawing women in or you're failing to market towards women well. Like, mm-hmm. um, because we all know women like games and view game content. So, like, why aren't they viewing your content? Like, something's up. Um, yeah, well, it kind of goes back to what we were kind of talking about before, which is, like, mm-hmm. how natural are you coming across? Like, are you doing it to be that woman voice? And then, like, you're holding up a, a, a torch for everybody? Or are you just kind of like, I'm a woman who games or who t- likes talking about games? And, and like we said, with, with all this experience, you bring a different angle to it. I know a lot of, uh, like, my wife has been streaming a little bit of, of Fallout just in the other room. And nice. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of people have been coming up to me saying like you need to get Chelsea to do that a little bit more because my wife likes it and like it's a way that like we've all been like the question comes up all the time for like for guys who are like, because it's only mm-hmm. you know the guys who are on the podcast answer these questions the question always comes up how do I get my girlfriend or wife more into games and stuff and mm-hmm. people always talk about well you can get them started with like these kind of games and I've always hated those answers I've I just did been, a like, video on this actually on my did channel you? Yeah, it's called How to Turn Your Girlfriend, GF slash BF, into a Gamer, and mm-hmm. the video is Don't, and then I just talk for a few minutes oh. on why you shouldn't do it. <laughs> okay, that's it. Okay, I don't mind that answer either. Um, I, I've always thought that the the responses were inherently sexist. Like, we'll start them off with baby-ass baby mode games. Like, that's not really <laughs> it either. I think it's a different, like, how do you, how do you sort of like, it's like, take it out of games for a second too. Mm-hmm. What if you were into, into movies or if you're into sports, how do you get, like, how do you enjoy this passion of yours with the person yeah. that you're spending a lot of time with? Which it's I also not address. like, sit also, down. I say just leave them alone. Like, yes. <laughs> my answer is to leave them alone. Like my mm. bridge thing is to, well, two things, leave them alone. Cause just leave them alone. Dump like, them. <laughs> no, just like, no, like don't I'm like kidding, bother I'm them kidding. about it. Like we all have, and it's funny cause yes. I, I went way back into the archives to episode 34 of your show to listen to Antonio talk mm-hmm. and i loved mm-hmm. uh, his response of talking about his wife also his story with his wife was so cute i love antonio oh, I, know. I know um but he was talking about how like he would talk to his you know wife about episode games. 34 did yeah. you say that's a hundred episodes ago it's literally the only like it's the farthest back you can even go onto the itunes um like what's on oh, iTunes. no wait we will need to fix that there's yeah. more yeah i think we'll need i think to that's the that. farthest back it goes for itunes but i think we I moved some it. stuff at some i want to say so. it's 34 maybe it's a little earlier but it's definitely not like 100 or anything it's very low yeah um and he mentioned that he would talk to his wife a bunch about games and that. And it's kind of when he started to realize that he wanted to do games media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he mentions in the podcast that, like, I realized I need to find communities that were also into games. Because if I kept talking to my girlfriend about this, you know, girlfriend at the time, she's just going to leave me. And I thought that was so funny and cute, but also kind of true. Like, you know, I mean, he acknowledged that, look, 
she she loves me and cares about me and she will listen to an extent but like this isn't what she's like about so like Mm -hmm. i should just not like don't you know don't try to make people into what they aren't and in the in the video that i have on my channel i mentioned like if you're really passionate about your significant other getting into games because you love games instead of like kind of try to pay it forward instead instead of trying to get them into video games like one that will happen naturally they'll see you playing maybe they'll want to jump into mario kart whatever if they you know on a casual level mm-hmm. just to have like you know because it's fun playing games with people so i can understand that um but if you really want that in a partner like someone to be into what you're into find something that they're into that you don't care about and try to put it show an interest and try to be genuine about it um and if you don't want to do that that's also okay but like you can't expect like Hey, man, why won't my boyfriend help me with this Breath of the Wild puzzle? It's like, but I'm also not, you know, interested in, you know, going to, uh, I don't know what, whatever blanket interest he might have, you know, mm-hmm. doing, you know, watching rugby or or cooking at yep. home or something like that, right? Any, whatever his interest might be, um, which is fine. You know, we don't we all need to have the same interest with our partners either. But like, I think if that is something you're passionate about, like if you want them to take an interest, like when's the last time you took an interest into, you know, you can't be asking for someone to play, you know, Katamari with you if you're not, um, you know, watching, like, K-dramas. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and if you don't want to do that, then don't K-dramas. Do that. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. So think of something that you really are into that they might be obsessed with and, mm-hmm. like, hey, you're not passionate. And they're not forcing that on you, right? I don't mm-hmm. go around, um, you know, wanting people to be into, like, pedagogy and like talk about education like you know we can mm-hmm. have different different stuff i don't um, know about you but i'm starting to trip over like strategically place crocheting and knitting instruction manuals around here and that's not really yeah exactly when's the last time you picked up some sticks right and <laughs> like start sewing something it's a great that's a great opinion and, and 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 take on it too because it sort of relates to like in sales and like i've worked retail as well and i and perhaps you can identify with this as well where I was a horrible, horrible salesperson. I was I couldn't sell a TV to save my life until I bought one. And then I'm like, oh, this is what you care about. Like when I'm purchasing something, these right. are the things that I want to hear. And this is like the education. This is the process. So it like it flips it with this where you're trying to sell something. But if like if you haven't bought something in that way, yeah. you don't know what interaction is actually best. So I think that's a really good sort of lesson to learn and a good path to yeah, you got to be a fan to get fans i we were also hearing about this actually with mm-hmm. with the with like you know bringing it back to like you know creating content and like games journalism and stuff like um and then i'll kind of i guess swing back to how i'm here where i am you now never have to, you never have to feel like you have to like loop back like trust me <laughs> if, you, if you continue to go through like we just go i know just but I off into space you okay like, well don't how, feel any obligation you... to me because i don't care and i don't think any less of you um, for it so. yeah no sure thing i appreciate that but like um you know with the we were damning on, on twitter about like how i said you know you need to have, uh, be a fan to or maybe maybe this wasn't with you maybe with someone else but you know you need to be a fan to get fans and like you know i'm always asked what that means and mm-hmm. um it's kind of a, a philosophy ad- adapted from gary v you know the entrepreneur etc um and it's like you can't and you shouldn't expect anything from people either so i'm not saying that you should kind of be fake about it but like i can't expect people to watch me on youtube and read my articles if i'm not reading other people's articles if i'm not talk if i'm not responding to comments if i'm not mm-hmm. if i'm not looking for you know when i did my brawler 64 video um which is like a kickstarter controller it's an n64 controller but not hideous it's like the modern update Ooh. and it's awesome so check out uh it's from uh is it retro fighters i think is the company but yeah you can look up brawler 64 controller uh they have pre-orders already up and it's actually really affordable it's like 20 30 bucks or something oh nice it's awesome and they are coming out with new colorways for it too so anyway mm. but when i like did that video i'm like 
what are other like N64 people saying on Twitter and how I can kind of like loop them back into like my con- like how can I get them interested in it um and like you know being more of a fan so I'm trying to like work on and I don't have a lot of time so it is hard but like that's the first thing to get cut right you just want to mm-hmm. you know everyone wants to post and myself included like I want to just drop my YouTube video and get all these views and have all this interaction but if I'm never seeing you know you know what you're doing on your podcast or what Trey's doing on Nintendo Domain or if I'm not talking to Antonio with Switch Talk like why is anyone going to care to like you know, know me or how is anyone even going to know me if I'm just shouting into the void, like you need to join the conversation. You can't just put your stuff out there. Um, And that applies to kind of everything in life. Like you need to, it's, and as you build that community, you know, it feels better. It feels more meaningful. Like, you know, me having uh, my Patreon and I have like, I think 13 people or so on there. It's so cool. Like it's like a little group of people that are like down for what I'm doing. You know, they're even putting up money for it. I'm sure you guys feel that way with like, you know, the, um, the make us better kind of group and everything like that. Like, it's it's cool and you like develop it and it ends up and it all benefits you. You have more contact with people. You learn more about stuff. You get more perspectives. You uh, get more money. You get more views. Mm-hmm. You build your career faster. Like it's just so many. There's nothing but benefits. Check, check, it's check, so check. it's so necessary. Like that's the whole point. Like totally. That's why I. That's why we should be doing what we're doing, right? Like if we're. I think at the end of the day, we write and produce audio and produce videos so that people view it and consume it and engage with it. So like mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense for you not to also be engaging with other people's stuff, um, or else like how will you know? You're making like, way too on? much sense right now. This is this <laughs> is all making like this is way too logical, Jenny. You are wise beyond your years. Like way, way, Thanks. way beyond your years. I am. So impressed with your grit and your intelligence and your your quickness. You are so quick. I think that we just packed three podcasts into this one hour here together. Um, did I miss anything? Is there anything that we didn't like close the loop on that you wanted to before we uh, close out the show here? Um, I think the last thing is I'll I'll just wrap up. I guess uh, how I got to where I am and then what I'm doing now and then uh, and then I, I feel like I'm good. Um, yeah, I no, want to awesome. come back. This was so much fun. Seriously, um, I am. I I'm not even just saying this because you're on the show. Like I am completely fascinated by you. Like I am. I thanks. this is it's very rare. Where I'm like I could just like sit back and just kind of like I feel like it would be lazy of me to do that. Like it's not. But I could like I could lit- I could just like ask you three questions. And go like could you take an hour and explain these three points and be like okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, well, this I do love awesome. to talk. That's why I'm on YouTube. So <laughs> no, it's it's I am yeah, I'm blown um, away. But yeah, just to kind of wrap things up. So I was you know very much in the ed space. I you know I did my podcast uh, such YouTube channel by a bit, which still like even though I'm not on that anymore, and that's now a dead project. Like check it out because we did some really really cool stuff, and I I loved doing that collaboration. It was so much fun. I learned so much on that show. Um, yeah, so then um, I started you know going into my actual like career I, I taught at a charter school for like uh, only about a quarter of the year because um, I actually got let go because of under enrollment which was crazy and then mm. I kind of spent a year just kind of floating around like literally I was like in retail I worked like at a bar I like kept writing and uh, during that time I actually ended up getting a job with nerd much which is where I currently write right now so you can right. check me out on that website uh, nerdmuch.com uh, my all my infos uh, on a pinned tweet so I'm going to mention you know my twitter at the end as well and you guys can take a look at that um, and that was such a big deal because that's actually a place that pays me per article, which oh, is wow. the first time that I am like, because, you know, I kind of was as I'm moving into building my career, I'm like, you know what, I finally decided and having talked to, um, you know, I reached out to some industry people for their advice on how to actually do your career. And I'm like, is it better to write for free or just write for yourself? Um, mm-hmm. And there's like a mixed camp in that um, kind of the TLDR of it is <laughs> if you're writing for free, um, like you can do that. 
if you want and, you know, maybe it helps you and maybe you get some stuff out of it. Like for me, writing for like Big Cultures, for instance, was uh, so fun because it was so collaborative. Like yeah. and, um, you know, I did like top 10 articles with people. I was like in charge of like teams sometimes. So mm-hmm. um, I felt like that actually gave me a really good breadth of information on like how to be a writer and what game journalism is, even though I really didn't make a lot of money off of that. Um, but the experience, I think, actually was worth it. And it's something that I don't think I would have gotten if I just did my own blog. Yeah. But overall, um, one person said it best when they said if they can't afford to pay you, the exposure they're giving you isn't big enough anyway for it to be worth it, mm, yes. um, which I think is is pretty much true. Like, once again, I, I don't think it's bad to start off. Um, that's how I started off writing for free. And I and I wouldn't go back and change that personally. Mm-hmm. I think what I did was good. I'm happy with the places I wrote, I wrote for and the experience I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, OK, I did the free thing for a while. You know, I'm at Nerd Much and I get paid. And now at this point, um, I pretty much only do stuff that's paid. Minus like uh, stuff like this where it's like, you know, doing a podcast is it's it's nice. It's fun. And it's not hard work for me. I just show up for an hour. I talk and then you put it together, which is yep. if you've ever made a podcast or done YouTube, you know that like the hardest part is the actual like putting it together. This is literally the best part. And yeah, even that, like the fun. first time you do it, it's like, oh, snap. Like I usually listen to a podcast in chunks. Like I don't even listen to it an hour of the way through. This is an hour of my day. Like, holy crap. I got to yeah, figure that out, too. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. um. So that that stuff I don't mind doing for free at all because I have the time and I, I and I get benefit from it. You kind of just have to think of like what are you getting out of it and is, does it make sense for what you mm-hmm. want to be doing? Um, so now I'm at the point where I'm just kind of doing paid stuff. So um, I, I wrote for Nerd Much. I actually recently got a my first um, like freelance gig uh, doing an article for Kotaku. I wrote about FIFA and that was awesome because they were like congratulations, holy crap, man, that's huge. Yeah, thanks. Um, so that was really exciting. You know, it was another big big moment in my career. So I love all these little big moments that happen, even though they're you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's not going to be like my my legacy isn't that one article on whatever place because I'm going to keep building. But like little you. stuff is like I have no doubt so exciting. Like yeah. you know, getting the nerd much thing. I, I recently got um uh I don't, I, it's not really a promotion because it's just another thing I get to do. But um uh, my main editor Bobby said I can do video content for them, which I've only done one video for them because I've been really busy. But I'm going to get oh back my on gosh, it. Gosh, you're amazing. Um, so, this is way too late. I needed to meet you like five months ago so I could actually bring you into the Make Us Better crew because like you're you're off. You're it's you're, not. Uh, it's not. I mean, I'm, no, well, I'm, talk, I'm amazed. Because um, I, I like doing stuff with with groups. Um, Me too. And then kind of wrap up with the the Ed stuff. So in the meantime, right, I was floating. I was doing different jobs, and then. And I had a year where I like didn't really have what I would consider like a set job. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, I landed a um, and it, this is like the last year for my educator license to be good in Illinois without having to renew it and do a bunch of stuff. So I'm oh, like, yeah. well, I've never gotten a full year of teaching and I want to do that. So uh, that's what I'm doing this year. Um, so this year was just kind of me trying it out and seeing what's up and kind of decide and then doing my, um, you know, video game stuff on the side, which has been so hard to do mm-hmm. with it being like, you know, early like one of my first teaching experiences for like a full-time thing so that's been crazy Mm -hmm. um and now and this kind of but it gave me a year to like be settled have a routine and kind of really think about what do I want to do moving forward and basically what I've decided is that I am actually going to move uh to just kind of doing more of the video game content stuff like I I do love ed I love working with young people is amazing I teach high school English and like I you know I love writing and I love like reading student work like I've always loved reading student work like even when it's bad like I love workshopping stuff (laughs) I like helping make it good like I like you know I just like working with people um and like 
creating things is so beautiful to me and like mm-hmm. learning how to be a critical thinker and consume you know reading and write like you know it's like that stuff's so important to me and i and i love that and i'm glad that i can work somewhere where i feel like i'm you know making an impact in doing something mm-hmm. um like i always want to be creating and doing something positive for the world and i feel like teaching is very much that um but then when i you know now that i'm thinking about realistically because my dream was kind of like i'll be a teacher by day and then i'm going to somehow build enough stuff to like just transition into like polygon ign kotaku full time and then mm-hmm. i realized that's not some people have done stuff like that. So yeah, I'm not saying it's tough. impossible. No, that's but tough. But for me, I know myself and it doesn't for me it doesn't make sense to like um like I realized this year that my my biggest passion like even more than Ed is the video game content stuff. So I'm like, yeah. well, it makes more sense to like let me put all my time into what my number one passion is. Mm-hmm. Um even if that means letting letting something else go. So I, I am going to um you know start to make kind of a shift uh you know, pro- probably this summer honestly um into just doing uh, video game content. I have a potential gig with the website. I'm not going to mention Ooh, it yet. It's not like don't a jinx huge, it. It's not like you know. It's not like it's not like IGN or something like that, right? It's not like crazy, but it's um, just GameStop or GameSpot. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just GameSpot, right? <laughs> no, um, I do. Uh, I have a, possibly a chance on moving into something. Um, you know, kind of through the Nerd Much channel. Um, Good for you. Potentially, I, that hasn't really been solidified yet. I hope that goes through because that would be super cool and a big step. Um, just income wise because my goal is to get all my income from video game content which is very very hard mm-hmm. to do it's freelance checks take a while to clear so like you have to really build up oh, no. <laughs> yeah like it, it can be hard and like and i know i follow a bunch of freelance writers that and free, the freelance writing games journalism life is complete hell like mm. it is so crazy like it's like so much it's like pitching all the time and needing stuff to get accepted but mm-hmm. i mean i'm planning on working on that while having my patreon and my YouTube. I'm going to build up Twitch uh, starting in the summer. And then I just want to keep basically my you know goal is to get something that's solid just to have a, a good chunk of income and then do freelance stuff on the side. Um, and then I might have to supplement that with like, you know, a part time job doing something because I have to I have to kind of run my numbers and see what I can afford to do. Uh, right. But my goal is to put as much time as I can into doing the game stuff because if I'm like if I want to you know, I'd rather take like a, a financial L for like a year or two and like maybe, you know, be kind of struggling a bit more. But if that means that like like if I'm have a month that's short, but that means I can gain like three patrons, patri- people on Patreon, then that's going to be like long term worth it. So I'm really trying to like shift towards that. Uh, I'll be talking with my brother about what does that plan look like. But oh, the, nice. Yeah, but the overall thing is I'm gonna you know be doing games content as close to full time as possible until I can go full time. Um, well, so I feel like I even do, if you did like half time, it's still even yeah, uh, twice as much as what most people would do like, for full time. Like, just I, because your you know, brain operates exactly, that quickly. I've been, I've been grinding so hard with like having to do teaching and mm-hmm. do the stuff on the side and great and like so I'm like okay, I'm ready to take my goals to take all that energy, like those 60, 80 hours I'm putting in a week, you know, probably sixty hours a wrong, day not somehow. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, um, a, putting you're a time traveler. With, with, with teaching and doing all that stuff and moving that into like the game space. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm open to doing other ed stuff too. Like my, one of my dreams is that I haven't really said, I think in a public space before, but oh, I would love to create go. like a, Scoop. um, a space for like young people in Chicago to play video games because that space doesn't really exist. Like there mm-hmm. are barcades, cool. but my kids can't go there because they're not yep. 21. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, w- I would love to do something with you media or the art Institute and have pop-up things or collab with someone and create like, just spaces for more kids to game, especially because gaming is so expensive. Yeah. And I know, I knew for me as a kid, like I didn't have, you know, I, I was lucky enough to actually have the modern consoles. Like a lot of my kids like might not have that or their parents don't either don't see the value in it or just honestly can't afford it. It's an expensive hobby. Like mm-hmm. to be playing, you know, a game is $60. Like that's a lot, you know? Um, so I'd love to do stuff like that too. Like I just want to just do a bunch of game stuff. Like I have so many yeah, like crazy. 
You, but, yeah. you are nuts, man. You are absolutely, this is, this is insane. I need to, cause we have, uh, because we hit a threshold on our Patreon, we have people coming back. So mm-hmm. I think, but I think we might need to jump you up the queue because I, unfortunately, uh, I'll, I'll tell you off air, but I, unfortunately I do have to cut the episode here. This is a, this is a I, I don't normally have such a hard out, but I do have a, an unfortunate <laughs> no, appointment that good. I have to actually get have to, to be today. somewhere at noon. And I, okay, great. <laughs> I like yeah, we could just like keep fun. going. Like there's not really a natural way to do this sometimes. It's like, okay, well, that's that topic. No, there, that's not going to happen today. So why don't no. Go ahead sure. and tell people your pin tweet where they can get in touch with you because obviously you're gonna have a, a crap ton of content coming people's way. They absolutely need to follow you on all of the things. Yeah. Um so uh overall you can find everything I do just really easily linked on my Twitter. Um my handle is game onesis, so it's game O N Y S U S. Um and you'll have a there'll be a pin tweet with all my info on there, but just to do a super fast rundown of what I'm doing. Uh I currently write for NerdMuch, that's my where you can read most of my articles. Um that's nerdmuch.com. Uh, you know, back backslash author backslash Jan Gark, which sounds super gross, but that's the handle. Um, every Other than that, like literally everything is through the handle Game Onesis. So that's my YouTube. That's my Patreon. That's my Twitch, which only has one stream up right now, but it is a good one. It is the Stanley Parable and it was my first time nice. playing it. So it was wild. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> yeah, I have a Facebook page. I also have a website, which is Game Onesis dot com. I'm going to revamp that this spring break, uh, make it prettier, just make it more, uh, I'm kind of figuring out what is the identity for that, like, how do mm-hmm. I want to use that website, so that'll get revamped uh, in the next week or so, and yeah, you can follow me on all that stuff, I do videos twice a month right now, I'm going to up that to four times a month, once I reach $100 a month on Patreon, I'm currently, I think, $22 away from that goal, so let's see if we can do that, I really want to do more content, so yep. um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, every now and then I do bonus video drops too. Um, but yeah, check out Patreon for sure. Patreon.com backslash game onesis because I have a lot of awesome rewards at a lot of different tiers. So I have a $1, a $2, a $3, a $5, and a $10. And, uh, you know, you can get, uh, exclusive video access as low as $2. Like I get a, do a monthly exclusive video for two bucks, which is like super cheap. Uh, so yeah, check that out. But other than that, just follow me and, you know, if you have any questions at me and yeah, we'll be, you know, hanging out, making content. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Janet, this has been an experience for me. Thank you so much for your for your time today. This has been amazing. Yeah, this has been fun. Thanks for having me. I hope to hope to be back. And I'm looking forward to you following along the podcast because I didn't know about this till you reached out to me. And it's actually like such a cool podcast. Like I love the format and it yeah, like and it like leaves me feeling like these really good vibes. You know, it's one of those shows where I'm like, Yeah, let me go make something. Oh, there's and some then real downers. Lay down, there's you know? some real then- downers. So yeah, be ready for those too. So thank you so much, <laughs> Janet. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And all the whole, like, getting, talking about Faisal to start, I totally forgot to mention that I'm also on, uh, you guys definitely, this is not optional. This, this sounds like an also, this is a definite. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, Planet Nintendo Podcast with Patrick Nintendalk. That's his last name, everybody. And Joe After Work. Uh, myself and Joe, Joseph. <laughs> I was going to say dropped work again. Joseph Bram, Mr. Babbitt himself. Uh, we joined forces on Planet Nintendo Podcast. This is continuing the the Bobby effect, the Bobby aftermath of everybody who Bobby touched and uh, loved in his lifetime here on Podcast Earth. This is not the right episode to be joking about that, but go check out that for some some dark humor about Bobby's absence. Uh, It is absolutely incredible. We also get into an, an amazing topic at the end, actually, talking about how much work is too much work, how much is the right amount, how do you know that you're doing things right when you're doing all this creative stuff. I think it actually is a nice sort of like pair with 
this conversation where Janet is just going like a trillion miles an hour. Uh, absolutely incredible. I hope you guys feel inspired and just, it, it gave me definitely like a new light on how to go about things. She just, she knows this and she's a good, she's a decade younger than I am. So kudos to Janet and you guys should definitely follow her and let her know that she was amazing. She's at Game On Assist. It's in the notes. That's probably the best way to describe that. The music, I decided to go with a little uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 Squitter's Dream over from OC Remix. So thank you guys for the music. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. Follow the website, We the Nerdy, because I will have a Sea of Thieves review up soon i will also be playing far cry 5 so thank you to our friends at microsoft for the sea of Thieves and the uh the friends at ubisoft canada for the far cry 5 go to on this channel youtube.com slash we the nerdy i've got a two-hour sort of let's play a, a live stream um there's a link there too that you can click to go directly to the gameplay because i was actually still loading we were chatting and stuff while i was streaming so and the trim feature on youtube just trash just straight up trash i don't know i don't know if you guys have used it or whatever i've tried to trim it out it's not working i just put up the the link there so you can go straight to about nine minutes and 50 some odd seconds it's there check it out give it a like leave a comment share all the great stuff i am on if we were at nintendo tonight with a crew from playstation video games <laughs> play some video games play nintendo ain't no g and play nintendo mr donnie reese himself and caro uh from the nintendo shack uh that is tonight live 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, if you're listening to this on the Monday. If not, then it'll be on Wednesday on YouTube and and iTunes and everywhere else. Please, if you guys, now we have such an amazing crew, please consider supporting the show and all the amazing content at Make Us Better, patreon.com slash makeusbetter. Uh, thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard, and our Antonio Guillen, our Antonio Guillen. He's the reason why Janet was on this show, our video designer, Antonio Guillen. Uh, check out dayspace.com for amazing podcasts. And of course, this is episode 137 of We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears and your eyeballs. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. Speaking of Jason, Jason and Jason Lacey, Flux the Pose, part two, Patreon episode coming this week. Jason, 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 Jason. Jason! Jason! Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!